This episode of the Hall of Justice is brought to you by Fume, the number one natural way to quit smoking. If you know anything about me, you know how anti-smoking I am. My parents smoked for so many years, and I hate to say it, they are still smoking. And I'm getting this for them. There's a new product called Fume, F-U-M. It's the number one natural way to quit smoking. It takes the benefits of super plants, behavioral science, and beautiful design to make quitting smoking a little easier. It's a wooden handcrafted inhaler, a hand-to-mouth replacement, plant-packed cores studied to curb cravings and taste and smell great. It's no smoke, no vape, no nicotine, and no harmful chemicals. Here on Sports with Friends, we have a discount for you. Just go to this website and type in our code. Our code is SWF, Sports with Friends. Go to the website, www.breathefume.com. Fume is F-U-M. Breathefume.com slash SWF. So if you use that code, you save 10% on your order today. I received it, and all I thought about were my parents. If you are a smoker, you need this. If you know a smoker, you can help them out. This is a great gift idea. There's over a dozen unique flavors, so you fill out an online quiz and find out what cores are best for you. Takes 30 seconds. Go to breathefume.com. Shop breathefume, F-U-M, and save 10% with the code SWF for sports with friends. Fume, the number one natural way to do what I've been begging my parents to do. Quit smoking. Now stay tuned for the Hall of Justice. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great Hall of Justice... Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. there is in what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. This is a big one. This is the 250th episode of the Hall of Justice podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for all the people who rate it and review it and tweet it and whatever you do to keep this podcast going along. Clearly, someone's listening to it because we keep doing these episodes uh, this week. Spoilers, warning, warning. Do not listen to this unless you see the new Marvel movie, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Now, I'm going to say that now you've been warned. Just pause this podcast. Go watch that movie and then come listen to this review. You know, when we reviewed Black Panther, we had a theory that came out 
And we said then that a, a Caucasian person can watch Black Panther and as much as they could love that movie, they can only love it 9.5 out of 10. That in order to truly get the 10 out of 10, you have to be African-American. That you had to have lived with the legacy and to see a movie where the main character, the protagonist, doesn't have the burden of the civil rights movement and the civil war and the, uh, everything that has come along with being African-American. And I always just thought that for a white guy to say, I love Black Panther, and I do love Black Panther, I can only give it a 9.5 out of 10. I, I, I don't qualify to give it a 10. Well, when the new movie Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings came out, I had to get that same vibe and wonder if someone of Asian descent felt the same. And for that, we went to the bullpen here. We went to a guy who I have been a fan of for years. And I told him off air, so I've already kissed his ass. I don't have to, 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 to blow him anymore. Uh, but Brian Tong is normally he talks tech. He does a lot of uh, Apple things. He did a show called the Apple Bite. Then he now he does the show, the Apple Bit. You can find him on Patreon. Uh, I also found he was amazing when he worked for the DC Universe app. He did DC Daily on almost every show, except for the one where I was there. But the, the, nonetheless, uh, but Brian Tong is a content creator extraordinaire. And he's a he 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 belongs. He's a he's a Hall of Justice groupie. He's a, he's a guy who fits into this club, and he's going to join us for this review of Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I am just going to call it Shang Chi from now on because that's a long title. Brian Tong, welcome to the Hall of Justice. Oh my goodness, Seth, uh, thank you for that introduction. I mean, first of all, congrats on 250 episodes. Crazy. That is, that I, is, I, I didn't realize it was 250 when I asked you. I mean, I feel honored to be here just for that. Uh, that is longevity. <laughs> that is That's a lot crazy. of blood, sweat, and tears. And so congratulations yes. for that. Like that deserves, you know, I get to blow smoke up your ass now yeah. after you just, you know, <laughs> after you handled me or like, no, honestly, congrats. That's amazing. That is amazing. Uh, thank you. Yeah. 250 is pretty cool. Dude. The, the, uh, the idea that, you know, this was like a hobby. And now, like, there's a commitment and there's there's stuff that we have to do. And, you know, we promise every week and there wasn't going to be a debate because these Marvel movies come out on Fridays and the podcast comes out on Thursdays. If you're listening to this, the, show, the movie's been out for like six days now. And this idea that we were, you know, I miss the days of reviewing these movies right after they come out. You know, that was that still that is one of our funniest mistakes uh, Victor Dandridge, I think a mutual friend of ours, uh, and I reviewed Shazam a couple of years ago, and we both got media screeners. <laughs> so we did the review like three weeks early, and people on social media were like, how the fuck are you doing this? Like, we, it's not even out yet. It's it, what, are, what are you doing with the spoilers? So at least this movie's out, and it's been out for enough time that people have seen it. But you heard the intro. There's this theory out there that Shang-Chi means something different to someone of Asian descent. We'll get into all the Marvel nitty gritty in a sec, but I just want to talk cultural for a second. Does, does the same rules apply to black that, that applied to black Panther to this movie? Well, I would say, you know, first of all, for you to even be considered to even think of it that way is awesome. Um, but I would actually say 
people are going to rate movies and give it different scores depending on what they like. Like someone just might like the visuals and give it a 10 because the visuals, right? Everyone, someone might like the storytelling. So everyone is going to evaluate any movie on their own criteria, quite honestly. Now, you as an objective reviewer who's trying to really look at the entire scope and all these different levers that make a movie a movie, you're the one that's going to really take that in consideration. For me, you know, I just appreciate that you as a person even factors that into the equation where I, I would say, you know, people that might not, some people that are quote unquote uh, fatigued about quote unquote being woke, it's not a bad word. It's just being like more considerate. Correctness, yeah. The, yeah, just the, be everything's con- a minority now. Yeah, and, just yeah, understand, yeah, right. we all understand our place, you know, and who we are and what makes us unique. And yes, there are inequities, but the fact to me is that um, I watched, I've seen the movie twice already. I mm-hmm. saw it the first time with all those feelings of seeing an Asian American superhero for the first time that I never imagined would ever happen in my lifetime as a comic book reader from but the that's 90s. something that you thought about as a child oh i i never thought i'd ever see it i'd always i thought jackie chan you know bruce lee was when i was too young i yeah. thought jackie chan jet lee would be as close as we could get quite honestly now to your point when i saw black panther it affirmed in my mind that you know it sounds silly but we can we can we can do this there's a chance we can actually do this and then of course it takes a machine like marvel who can really dictate dialogue and discourse of what type of content we're starting to see now in a way where they can give us a superhero give us a great story and maybe people i've seen people so skeptical about this movie before they've even seen a frame of it and i can't you know from all ethnicities and the review responses from all ethnicities is off the charts quite honestly so you know back to your point whether you're white black asian latino whatever color if i'm missing anyone they're feeling offended don't feel offended you can give it a 10 you can give it a 9.5, but it it I just appreciate you even factoring that in. Do you get the sense that people will come for the Marvel logo? The people who are against the everything is woke, that you know, you, we know what what you know that that section of the country is. And I think that's where the backlash question comes into mind. Simu Lu. Uh, was very adamant on social media about this is not an experiment. And I think that it's unfair to properly judge because it's it's going to make a fraction of what Black Panther made simply because of a COVID and B, I think the toxicity in our society. But I wonder if enough people will just say, well, wait a second, there's that Marvel logo. And the fact that the trailer showed the abomination <laughs> said, even if you don't care who this Shang-Chi guy is, I don't care. You're going to come because you're a completist and you saw WandaVision. You saw Falcon, the Winter Soldier. You saw Loki. You're going to go see Shang-Chi because it's connected. It's interconnected in this franchise. A hundred percent agree with that take. Also, that's kind of what I talked about, how Marvel can kind of dictate certain things by driving what characters that they deem to be important because we're going to watch it. Look, there's a, there's a post-credit scene that to, that distinctly connects this movie to what is going to happen moving forward, much like uh, when the Avengers Initiative was kind of first teased to us. That alone, people like that are Marvel... shop that yeah. was revisited in What If. Yeah. Yes, and people that are Marvel fans, MCU fans, let's be honest, most, peop- most people of your audience, I know we got DC, we've got, you know, even independent labels like Image, um, we have Marvel here. 
people are going boys to, and the umbrella academy yeah. and invincible and people are going to watch I mean, the this cup runneth over yeah so if you're if you are even remotely let's say if you're a person who's seen let's say 10 marvel movies even just 10 of them you're probably going to watch this movie and also this movie is some whether you go to theaters or not right now or whether you're waiting out people are starving for content that is high tier high bar action adventure story like you know, we've dealt with this pandemic for a year and a half. We want something to make us feel good. This is the type of thing that can make people feel good, no matter what well, it is. Technically, technically, you know, my biggest gripe with Black Widow is it was like a make good. It was yeah. like a mulligan. Like yeah, well, yeah. I, 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 it's a movie I didn't need. I know I, I've seen her best stories. You know, Disney Plus puts out those little uh, montages with the they call it legends where mm-hmm. they show you their appearances. The Black Widow movie is not better than the 20 minute legends of, <laughs> of, of everything that she's done so far in all the other movies. And I, I, w- I was disappointed, you know, I, it, but there was a difference. You know, this is the first time I was in a theater in 18 months. The last time I was in a theater was to see Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. which sucked. Um, <laughs> everything else has been on streaming. I, I, I've seen it. And I, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I had to pee halfway through and I was annoyed because I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to miss something. And there, again, we'll get into the, the nitty gritty of the Marvel stuff. But I think the societal stuff is is just as interesting. Uh, stop me if I get too personal. What, what I'm, is open book. I'm an background? open book. What, what is your background? What, I'm, what chi- is I'm Chinese American. OK, you are Chinese American. Is Shang-Chi Chinese also? Shang-Chi is Chinese. Now, here okay. here's. Here's the thing where I want to talk about this a little bit. And, do, and does it matter? Like, does it matter if you're Japanese? Does it matter if you're Korean? If you're of Asian descent, does it matter in your connection to the character? It does. I, I'll, I'll be very explicit. Depending on what Asian ethnicity you are, it does change your connection to the character. Now, because look, all same first Asian superhero is great, but it's really first Chinese superhero. All, you know, much like right. Asians each have different distinct cultures we are asian they even have beef between the races from wars from the past and so for me being a chinese american guess what i think i have a more i do feel more intimately involved in it because there are certain things that they show that showcase the eastern asian experience as well as the western asian american experience and the mix of asian american and asian families in america my girlfriend who's filipina she loved the movie, but if it's if it's the first Filipino character, you know that she's going to have a stronger uh, emotional response to it, but still uh-huh. love it because it's an Asian character. So when I, I know my Korean friends, my Japanese friends, my Vietnamese friends, my Indian friends, they they love the fact that there's someone that looks like them, but even saying, oh, he looks like me, but he or she is not me. There's still a difference. Like we don't, no one wants to be lumped into this thing, but it is a huge step forward and it really is a movie about Chinese culture, but also beyond that, there's so many things that you can pull from it that tie to actual just pure family dynamics, no matter what ethnicity you are. So that's why I thought it was kind of beautiful in that way that it was able to not throw it in our face, but just exist. And you can pull kind of what you want from it, depending on your experience. You know, I said, I went to see it for the first time. I had all those emotions of being a, and you know, being someone, yeah, but who's I follow you media. on social media. Wasn't your first time seeing it at the premiere? Yes, 
and okay. and and okay. so yes, there's a certain emotion that yes, comes from that correct and i was so amped and hyped about it. so to my point when i saw it the second time i sh deliberately stripped away this idea like this is the first asian superhero i went the second time just going i'm gonna watch this as a movie and that that's that's how it is so um i chose that deliberately because i think that matters you know you go to premiere you go to the first screening ever of this historic movie for your community you're going to feel certain ways about it and i think it's okay but sure. i think it's also important but that's the 10 that versus the 9.5 yeah actually what yeah what you're describing that's the difference exactly that emotion and i hope other people because you know i do know asian people that are from different uh backgrounds you know koreans and mm -hmm. i do know filipino people and I, I i you know i wonder what their reaction to this 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 whole thing is now um before i ask my next question because it's going to sound really really harsh i love these questions um, honestly this is great but stuff. i want to i want to praise and i'll take a take a second simu lu kicks ass like Regardless of what you think of the plot, you know, we have a, a rule here on uh, the Hall of Justice podcast. Uh, Ryan Reynolds was great as Green Lantern. It's not his fault. He fought a cloud. <laughs> so so Simu Lu is brilliant, but mm -hmm. but there is. He had the same hairstyle. There is a TV show that I fell in love with over the summer called Kim's Convenience. Yes. And it's one of the single funniest shows I've ever seen, let alone seen in the last couple of years. And in it, Shang-Chi plays a guy named Chung and he's Korean and he looks the same. His mannerisms are the same. His hairstyles, even the same. Is that a detractor? And secondly, given this guy's backstory, now go into the plot, given his backstory, would it have been better off if Chang Chi had an accent of some kind? Ooh, wow, these because are because his English is perfect, and his English just makes me think of Kim's Convenience because that's just what yeah, I that's think. What, you're used what, to I, what I what I that's what I'm used to seeing him. But I wonder where uh, there's just the idea that if if I was living in China being trained by this villain and, and all the things that he was a part of as a, as a youth, shouldn't he have some kind of an accent? All right. First of all, love these questions. Cause you're, you're, when I hear some of these questions, I actually start feeling some things. So I know you're asking the right okay. questions. Okay. So first let's, let's talk about, this is a thing. And again, I am one Asian in this mosaic of many Asians. So people that might listen to this may agree with me or may not. And that's okay. Right. So I just want to make that clear. But, well, that's why we're going to give out your Twitter handle at the end. <laughs> Bring it, baby. Okay, so let's talk about the first thing you talked about, Kim's Convenience. That is a, that is a Korean family, okay? Yep. The, the show. Shang-Chi, the actor Simu Liu, is, is, of, is of Chinese descent. Now, I'm going right. to be honest with you. As an Asian person, one of the things that I've hated, um, but I, I'll be honest, I don't really speak about it pretty vocally publicly because I don't want people to, because I know how hard it is just to create a show, create content and whatnot. Okay. But I do not like when they say, oh, it's so hard to find actors or actresses, yada, yada, yada. If the show's supposed to be about a Korean family, quite honestly, the lead actor should be Korean, much like I just recently started watching Warrior on HBO Max because I was excited. Okay. People told me, hey, you got to check this out. I'm like, okay, I'll check it yeah. out. And it involves... Um, in the 1870s, before the Chinese Exclusion Act, uh, 
Chinese gangs and whatnot and people, you know, immigrating okay. and doing labor. Uh -huh. The lead character, when I saw his face, I'm, I literally said to my lady, I'm like, that dude's not Chinese. He's probably like Japanese white mix. I just said that just casually, right? Knowing sure, what sure. I know. And then we look it up on IMDb and it's like, he's Japanese white, but he's playing a Chinese dude. And so we know that the abundance of actors, there's a pool that is growing that is getting more recognition. But I would at least like to see, and typically, unfortunately, you know, much love for you, Seth, but like the casting directors aren't even Asian people, right? They're typically white for folks. For Kim's Convenience. Yeah, yeah. Kim's Convenience and yeah. this show, The Warrior. Uh, they're they're typically, okay. um, you know, white casting agents. But here's the thing. At the same time, as much as that bothers me, I'd freaking, because it is so, we, at this point in time, the representation is so low. I'm not going to complain about it. It bothers me because I want it to be authentic, but I know plenty of other people that aren't in media that don't get it, that are completely turned off by this, this idea. Like a Japanese white guy is playing a Chinese guy in a, Chinese, in a historically Chinese story, right? Uh, a Chinese guy is playing a Korean, a Korean guy in a Korean family. Like there are people that really, that just turns them off. You know, I don't know how large of that group is, but for me as someone as media who knows how hard it is, I'm like, let's just get the stories out. And let's do the best job we can. So I'm, because of my experience and being someone who's been involved in media for, geez, now almost maybe 20 years and seeing the difficulties that I've faced and doors that have opened and closed because of my ethnicity, quite honestly. Sure, sure. I understand that dynamic. So it does bother me that a casting agent can't necessarily find or try hard enough to find a person that fits that role, but I understand why. And also I do feel like, I'll just say it. A white casting agent has an idea of how an Asian person should look versus what an Asian casting agent has an idea of what an Asian person should look like in Hollywood. I, that's just how I feel. That's probably accurate. You know, you know, I, I, I can see that. Um, I, as far as the, the idea of Kim's convenience, you know, part of the reason that show got canceled mm -hmm. was because of the lack of off camera representation. Mm -hmm. And what I found fascinating is well <laughs> let's let's not ignore the elephant in the room the dad who plays mr kim is a star wars nut he was in the mandalorian mm -hmm, and he hosts mm -hmm. a star wars youtube show <laughs> and he better goddamn come on the hall of justice before 2021 is <laughs> uh but uh, anyway put it on the universe uh, Seth. do it <laughs> oh yeah that, 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 that's going to be one of my white whales <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that's a that's a target before we hit 300 episodes um the i the idea that um, this film, you know, Simu Liu, his, his star has risen. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason he was cast in Kim's Convenience before Shang-Chi is the character was supposed to be this Adonis of some sort. You know, he's always taking his shirt off and like there was a bit about that. And it's very funny because that's in Shang-Chi he takes his shirt off and people are like, where's your shirt? And I'm like, here we go again with this guy in his shirt. Like it, but that's where I thought the parallel came. I think that, and I don't know, and I didn't research enough of it. I don't know where the other three cast members come from. I don't know their backgrounds. I just think Simu Liu is this unique Hollywood unicorn. And I think Marvel saw that and said, well, if he can do half the acting, that his just persona fits, he checks a lot of boxes for us. Absolutely. And that's so kind of that kind of piggybacks on my point of, 
I'd just rather have someone who, even if it, right. part just of it, bo- yeah, just, even if part of it bothers the, the deep core of Italian. me, right. yeah, yeah, right? If it bothers me, who cares? It's already, it's right. already hard enough. And to your point of Simulu being a unicorn, like, you know, the, the community, the Asian American community media is small and I'm so happy to see his rise and to even just have someone, look, my nephews, they're not even phased by the fact that we're seeing an Asian superhero where me and my brother, like, I can't believe this is amazing. My nephews who are nine or 12, they're like, oh, that's cool. So that's already progress, quite honestly, right? In the psyche of younger generations and how that trickles out in ways that we don't even know, right? So, um, you know, that's why I, to your point, I align with that. I do want to touch touch upon the, uh, should Shang-Chi, the character, have some sort of an accent? And, you know, I- I wondered that while I was watching the film. So for me- the only reason why, not only reason, but the reason why it didn't affect me is that in this movie, if you recall, um, Tony Leung, Wen Wu, his father, makes it a point to ask him how's his English. And it makes it, the, the character Wen Wu, the warrior king, clearly wanted his children to be able to assimilate and be really good at English and be able to be versatile versatile that way. Okay. And also, the story does, the, the distinction where I think which is unique about the superhero is that he is an Asian American superhero from a standpoint of he's grown up in the U. He was a young child who was raised to be an assassin by a traditional Chinese culture, but who told him learn English. Then he goes to the U.S. and really constantly has no friends and has nobody and has to assimilate into American culture. So those two aspects of that character's development make total sense to me that he has no accent. And then the fact that he does speak Chinese in the movie at least shows that he hasn't lost lost that. Um, and so that's why for me, it did not bother me at all. It, I, I mean, part of it maybe because, you know, I am Asian American that it, it didn't phase me. You know, I don't, you know, like quite honestly, right? We are different. So we have different, I don't want to say preconceived notions, but different ideas of maybe this should have happened or maybe that should have right. happened. When, you're, when, you, when you see it, your mindset goes differently. And yeah. what, I, what my brain does is I wander. Like I, my brain wanders. And what I, I remember the conversation, Victor Dandridge was on this show. He's an African-American young man who's been great on this podcast over the years. And he had said it was the first time that you saw a character, T'Challa, was the first time you saw a character that didn't have the burden of America, African-American mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. And in most storylines, even any of Chadwick Boseman's, you know, when you look back at his career, if he plays Jackie Robinson, that has the burden of the civil rights movement. T'Challa doesn't have that. He is royalty. And it's a very different feeling. So whereas I think in, in the Black Panther situation, I think people had seen Black leads before, but never Black superheroes and never with that like you could take your foot off the gas for, for two hours, you know, like what I, what I have seen, you know, a, a dear friend of mine is this, uh, a former NBA player, Etan Thomas played for the Wizards. Oh, yeah. I, I'm and, a big NBA yeah, junkie. Definitely know yeah, Etan. A, yeah. So we're Q's guys. And, 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 and he and I have done a bunch of shows together and um, Etan, I asked him that question about the black Panther movie. Like this was after it had come out and after we had done that review and I said, do you subscribe to that? And he's this is a guy who literally is a is a social justice advocate. Mm-hmm. And he could just chill and enjoy a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. And it didn't have that. There was a sense of pride. And 
I, I definitely see your point and I see where it comes from. I just think that it's a much more tangled web when it comes to Asian because there are so many different oh, backgrounds. 100%. And I think that's a, uh, that, that's a very interesting thing. All right, let's put on Honestly, the you know, quick hats. thing though, I want to yeah, let you sure. know, I really appreciate you even playing in this pool and trying to at least um, get a better understanding just from one Asian guy's perspective of oh, how yeah. complex um, it is when we have multiple ethnic groups within the Asian and Asian American experience. It's totally different things, right? And so, right. Um, you know, I just want to say I appreciate you even exploring that. Um, I'm glad. You know, that, that's badass, Seth. No, I'm, I'm glad. And that's why I joked with you before we started. <laughs> I said, I, I'm, I'm sorry that the first time I'm having you on no. is Shang-Chi. I want to do the positives first. Um, but I do have questions about the plot. Like I, uh, like all Marvel movies. Why, like, how would you not, Seth? Come it's, on. It, it can't. Um, also, uh, seeing the movie in a movie theater with a mask on, also very strange. Um, I had never done that. And also, I felt very self-conscious because I had seen so many films in my house. Uh, I take notes. And my notes were very sketchy because I felt like I was using my phone and distracting people. Like I, I was, I was very, very awkward. Um, all right, we'll start with this. Why does Marvel hate the word Mandarin? They completely insulted comic book fans in the worst of the MCU movies, which is Iron Man 3. Because you had this big bad who was in the comics and in all your cartoons that are on your fancy Disney Plus app. He's the Mandarin. He's green. And you made the Mandarin. You got Ben Kingsley to play him. And then you made him an alcoholic actor. And I couldn't stand Iron Man 3. And I've told this story on the podcast before. But back then, my wife worked for Marvel. And we get invited to the friends and family screenings for mm -hmm. these movies. Mm -hmm in Manhattan in, you know, fancy movie theaters with all the execs and Kevin Feige and all the, you know, cause she was doing licensing. And I remember when Iron Man three ended, someone came over to me cause we had started the podcast and somebody said to me, don't you dare review this for two weeks because he knew I was going to eviscerate it. And I, I just didn't under, because when you tweaked Iron Man, you tweaked it in such that you still kept the core of the character for the Mandarin. You said, well, the Mandarin's a stupid villain. So let's not have him." like, that's what they did. And you essentially wanted to make him have a make good. There's this scene where uh, Shang-Chi's father is literally making fun of the name Mandarin. Why does Marvel hate that name? And why do they hate that character so much? So as a comic book junkie who grew up reading them, and I know you are, this is why I 100% know, felt, and understand your frustration with how they dealt with the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. To me, it was like a slap in the face, right? Mm -hmm. And I will say, I, I hated it just as much as you did. It turned me off completely to the movie. The also thing, you know, I, I recently watched Iron Man 3 again, and I have to transport our brains back in that time where, quite honestly, at that time, you still, the, Mar the MCU was starting to take takeoff mainstream. It hadn't yet. So, which meant the Avengers had come yeah, out. Yeah, right. Correct. And so that was, now people were, let's be honest, once Avengers came out, now 
very general audiences were starting to take note, okay? But you had an audience that was really hardcore comic book readers at the time that were really at that time the core audience watching these movies. So people like you and me were completely felt like betrayed by that. I was offended. Right, 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 right. Oh, yes. I, hate, I hated that movie. Yes. And so then I asked some of my friends who did not watch read comic books at all, and they thought it was kind of a funny twist. And the thing is that what I was more frustrated about is all the trailers, all the uh, TV ads before that movie were leading us to the Mandarin. That was the other bad part. It was such a hard hit campaign, Mandarin, 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 Mandarin. And then it was a drunk actor who had nothing to do with it. It was just like, it was a throwaway. It, it ruined the movie. So now let's fast forward. After all these years, still being frustrated about <laughs> the character. I think whether you and I agree on this, I think how they at least, how they kind of do the retroactive stuff that we've seen done in comic books, the way that they handled Trevor Slattery, the character in Ben Kingsley, if you now watch Iron Man 3 again, although you'll still hate the fact that that existed, now that you know who Trevor Slattery is today, even though we don't get the Mandarin Mandarin that we dreamed about with 10 rings on his fingers as young kids, young people, right? his story arc is, how about this? It's more digestible to me and... I don't call it a make good if you're a hardcore comic fan, but I at least say, okay, you've at least make, given me a reason to be like, okay, I'm more okay with that, whatever it is. It was 10 years ago. I don't even know how many years ago it was. Well, it let was me, a long let time me take ago. it once. Oh, if it's 10 years ago, we didn't have the podcast then. Okay, fine. Eight years ago? Um, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't, I'd have to look it up. Um, but the director, and I want to make sure I say uh, this person's name right, Destin Daniel Critton. Yes, that's correct. The, the uh, Shang-Chi director. He, the Shang-Chi director said uh, that Cretton felt it was, quote, essential to hear Slattery admit how ridiculous that whole Mandarin impersonation situation was. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, but I don't think you did justice to the Mandarin by having him be uh, Zhu when woo am i well here, here's there? the thing yeah here's a subtle thing right of course i've seen it twice so there's things that i've kind of been able yep. to process differently they to your point of them why That's are why they I so can't do these reviews alone no it's okay the, the the whole point of them like you said eliminating mandarin making fun of it is like oh it's a mandarin dish like a like a panda express dish uh, is yeah. they when woo um to for marvel to serve their purpose and kind of stay away from the whole mandarin controversy they don't even call Wen Wu, who is Tony Leung, who is Shang-Chi's father. He's not even the Mandarin in this story. He says, they've called me the Warrior King. They've called me another title. He is never actually the Mandarin. So they've really erased the fact that the Mandarin is in currently a character in the MCU. And it was just a name for fun little Trevor Slattery as a diversion for uh, Killian. Was it Killian? What's his, was it Killian Richards, the name of the character? Um, I forgot his last name, but basically Iron Man 3's main villain, that was his little muse to create a terrorist right, organization. Right. So right. the Ten Rings aren't necessarily a terrorist organization. They're more like a crime syndicate. And the Mandarin doesn't exist other than Trevor Slattery's fake role. So really, we don't have a Mandarin. And that's how they, to your point, why are they so afraid of it? Well, instead of being afraid of it, they're not going to 
take it head on and get into get any deeper in a boo-boo than they already were with the comic book fans there's like uh we're just not going to touch that we're going to just ignore that the mandarin is even a character in the mcu all right let so then let me take that and raise you yes um if you've seen a comic book or uh seen any of the awful iron man cartoons uh the mandarin's rings are actual rings Mm -hmm. correct on his finger not bracelets correct um with a different representing different elements right they they were uh, right and then there's this really actually interesting scene in the iron man animated series of the 90s where the mandarin loses the rings and goes on this like 10 episode journey to reacquire the rings and i remember that i i i totally remember that and that was my reaction and it's funny because disney plus didn't exist back then but when Mm -hmm. iron man 3 came out and I remember the Iron Man 3, the other th- big complaint was he had a Dora the Explorer watch and it came out after Disney had purchased. And how much would it have cost to CGI a Mickey Mouse into that watch? I didn't understand that. Um, the, but just the idea of changing them, do you think that's just a visual thing? Or again, do you think it's Marvel saying, well, why would a guy have 10 rings like that are on his fingers like that's too Green Lantern eating Green Lantern stupid and like like I, I'm I'm trying to picture Kevin Feige and the rest of the, the 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 staff putting together this film going no he can't have rings he has to have bracelets. So I think what you're speaking to again this is why we listen to your podcast. It is for the like really that generation of comic book geeks. And what I always remind myself now when I used to get mad about it is that the MCU is based on the comics we love, but it's actually for a general audience, right? Right. It's the movies they're making are based on the stories that we grew up with tweaks, but they're really making movies for an audience that never read comic books, right? And so when I have that in my mind as the foundation of what they're trying to do, then I say, okay, well, if we just had Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet and we had these six stones that are on someone's hand, let's not do that again. And so that's, yeah. that's where my logic, that's, 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 that's where my fair. logic, that's personally, and I'm not, I'm not even like a shill for Marvel. I think that's where my, yeah. my logic goes because now I, when I look at the MCU, I think of, oh, this is not, I, it sounds like this is not for me. It is for me, but it's not really, really for me. It's really for okay. the general audience that has now been born into the MCU that quite honestly, never read comics. You and I can add different layers of discussion of okay. what, you know, what we know from the comics, but in a weird way, they've eliminated, um, other than the rumor speak and, oh, Mephisto, 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 right? That's yeah. because we read comics, but the general population was like, who's Mephisto? Then they read the rumors, then all of a sudden they're experts about Mephisto. So right. I just- and everybody thought the cat was uh, Mephisto. <laughs> Um, Man, you, know, you, so, you should have been part of that review. <laughs> uh, so, by so the way, it. another shout out, a real quick shout out. Um, the mythical creature Morris that Slattery hangs with, that is voiced by D. Bradley Baker, who voices all of the clones in Clone Wars and the Bad Batch. He does all the goddamn voices. Give that guy all the awards. But D. Breaker is the voice of that Morris. You know what? Uh, some I before I even knew who that was, I was trying to find out I'm like who did the voice for Morris like it's one of those things right like you just want to know and that's incredible that is incredible uh, we love voice people on this show we've it's had incredible. so many 
uh, voice actors on this show. Okay, now that so so now my nitpicky, um, the Aquafina character, mm. Katie. Mm-hmm. I just thought there was too much. Mm. It's too much, and I'll tell you why. Um, I love having a personal connection. Doesn't have to be a Lois Lane, but it has to be a personal connection for the character. I thought this felt a little bit like Man of Steel, where she finds out one thing about the guy and then six hours later, she's on an alien spaceship. (laughs) You know, like, holy moly, (laughs) like jump started. She went from your name's really not Sean to holy crap, I'm seeing flying dragons all in like 12 hours. And I just thought (laughs) the analogy I made told you i tried to take notes the analogy i made was dr strange because i had just seen the what if Mm -hmm. featuring dr strange amazing and rachel mcadams character does not play that big a role natalie portman's jane foster doesn't play that big a role in the finality of the scene she's literally parks cards with him they're just friends or they may be romantic whatever that storyline is She's shooting arrows at the guy at the dragons. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> keep going. I'm not. You're not so, done yet. So, did they shoehorn her in? Did someone say that you need another star because Simu Lu is not a household name at this point, and Aquafina is, and Aquafina has like a Madonna slash Prince name because she has one name and that's part of her brand and that's her thing. And you shoehorn her in as much of the scenery as possible because what I think she does is she diminishes, like, why is why is the dad bringing her in to see the, 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 the things? Why, why is she in everything? That's what, I, I, it's not that I don't want her to exist. It's too much Aquafina. This, this is so interesting, Seth. I love how you and I kind of feel like it's not, I'm not saying that we saw a different movie, but we definitely have different takes on some of this stuff. So I'll tell you right now. Good. Yeah, this is so what's interesting. And um, I don't know if you heard this or not, but I was actually surprised by this. When they were casting this movie, they didn't cast Simulu first. They actually cast Aquafina first. And during the readings, she was actually the actress that was cast first that did the chemistry test with all the different actors who tried out for Shang-Chi, which tells us that Marvel thought she was such an important part of this movie that she would be cast first before, so as the comic relief, before the actual hero. I, I didn't know that going into this, you know? Okay, and I'm like, can, oh. Can, okay, then can I sound very like an asshole right no, now? No, 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 no. Sound however you did want. That, did that casting happen after Crazy Rich Asians comes out? You mean, are you asking me, does that casting happen? Is that what you're saying? Like, if she's not saying, does Marvel know the the marketability of crazy rich Asians and says Aquafina steals scenery in that movie? She's fantastic in that movie. This is not a knock on the actress. What I'm saying is I like her character. I don't understand why her character is in every aspect of (laughs) Shang-Chi's life. So he's like Roy Kent, <laughs> like Roy Kent smothering. Roy uh, Kent is everywhere <laughs> in uh, Ted Lasso. Like, like it's just it's too much, and that's all it is. Like, 
there's a thing in movies, especially with the romantic foil of less is more. You know, when when Superman fights the three bad guys in Superman 2, Lois Lane is on the sidelines. Yeah. Okay. So, so here's, okay. So let's talk about the first question you pose. I'm going to open the show with this. Yeah. The first question you pose is, does she, is she in this movie without Crazy Rich Asians? The obvious answer is no. If she doesn't blow up in Crazy Rich Asians, she's not. But how many people's movie, film, TV career trajectory has changed because they were in, uh, a game-changing movie of, of its genre, right? That's just how that's just how it is, right? We know there's amazing actors everywhere, and right, some of them get that bump because of that property, and then they become. But does Shang Chi that? But does Shang Chi then say she needs to be in as much screen time as possible? Well, like, that's how that it feels to me like that was focus group. You it, know it, what I'm saying? I, it might have been. So here, here's where we also disagree. I was actually worried about Aquafina being in this movie, meaning because she's such a really strong character and people do have different opinions of her performance and whatnot. I actually thought she was crucial to this movie being as funny as it was. Like she is the comic relief, the, that whole, for, until we transition over to Trevor Slattery, when they get to Ta Lo, he becomes the comic relief. So we actually get a little break from her, but you're right. She is in like every frame, but here's the other reason why it never registered to me. I straight up honestly have friends like that, that are of other genders that would like you're like ride or die, opposite sex, not romantically involved. And so it, it didn't phase me. Like, I don't, I don't know if, you know, we're not here to criticize. Did you find her actually kind of annoying in the movie or you're just more like, why is she in no, every no, no. frame? It's, it, it wasn't that it was, it was uh, number one. I thought they went out of their way to desexualize her. Like they were taking all aspects of that and they curse in the movie so this is not because of kids i I won't buy that um i think she's incredibly attractive and they like kind of made her very uh casual you know yeah yeah. like no like no romantic there's no romantic anything with them they hug at one point that that's pretty much it but what i didn't understand is when the father is bringing them in, taking the pen, the pendants, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and putting them into this the dragon eyes and the waters, <laughs> right? But whatever that is, it, yeah. Um, again, I couldn't write shit down. The the <laughs> um, they put the dragon eyes. Why is Katie there? She's like, there because yeah. She, okay, I get it. She's there because like, she's there. We're having a very big family meeting. Um, <laughs> kids' friend, can you go sit in the other room? Like we're dealing. This is a family thing, and the. The brother and the sister are there. The son and the daughter, they're with the father. The father's trying to show him something mystical and the friend's not sitting in the other room. Like I, that, I, that was my issue. It wasn't even her. Yeah, it was her existence. And I see what you're saying. And I, the other thing that I, I could see why someone might be like, wait, why are you more like, why are you in the scene? Do you need to be in the scene? Like you're already in the movie a lot, right? And the the kind of what your point of you talking about that bow and arrow scene where she's basically the person responsible for delaying the end of the world. And she just picked up a bow and arrow uh, two days before. Yeah, that morning. <laughs> that that that's always the that's always that ridiculous stuff that makes me roll my eyes sometimes. I'm like, did you guys really have to do that? Okay, fine, whatever. I'm watching a movie. I'm enjoying it. But I will say honestly. What was so unique about her character and you brought up and I saw it differently. How often have we actually seen a male female dynamic in any movie where it does feel strictly like platonic? Like we just haven't seen that. And maybe that like, I don't want to say surprise people, but 
I was like, whoa, I, honestly, after I saw the movie, it was like, you felt like, oh, maybe, maybe there is something there. She leaned, they leaned on each other's heads towards them. They, they hook arms in like the post-credit scene. But I was like, that's honestly, I thought it was kind of cool because we're always shoved down our throats, this romantic thing. I don't know if you saw the Jungle Cruise, but I personally felt the whole romance between The Rock and Emily Blunt was super forced. Like it didn't have so to funny. be there. Right? I have a thing against uh, rock movies. I've <laughs> okay, never okay. seen any of them. Uh, <laughs> the only one I've seen is Moana, and that's because I have two daughters. But uh, it's a it, it's a very weird thing. Somebody somebody wanted my help designing a podcast about the Rock's career, and I literally couldn't name a rock movie if you put a gun to my head. And they were like, "Hey, can you, what do you think of a montage of the Rock's best lines?" I'm like. Yeah, oh, cool. What are they? Like, <laughs> it's, 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 no, the, the reason is, is, is I'm a completist, meaning if I see Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season one, I will see them yep. all. Even if it jumps the shark, I will see them all. Well, you get know, ready to I, see a lot more Aquafina then, Seth. Well, but that's the thing. Like, <laughs> but, but imagine, just go with me on this. Just go with me on this. Yeah. And this is also for the audience. You've seen this movie. They fight the dragon, right? And I want—I have a big dragon question, but but we'll save that for after. And now, he's he's won, and the sister and he have this moment, mm-hmm. and then she emerges, and then he runs and hugs her. I think that's a better move moment. She doesn't need to fire the goddamn arrow. Like she, it, it, she's, it's too much. It's it's too, it's too much on the nose. Catch. It's too on the nose, honestly. Like where you're like you you, it you almost see it come like oh she's learning how to shoot a bow and arrow. Let me guess. Is she she's joining gonna... the goddamn event Avengers. Like what what what's the story? <laughs> hey. She went to the Sanctorum in the mid credit scene. That but, but see that's the thing like you know we've seen movie like buddy cop movies like Bad Boys and Lethal <laughs> Weapon and stuff. And uh, uh, what Rush Hour with Chris Rock and Jackie Chan, those characters are with each other. Chris Tucker. Yeah, Chris, Chris Tucker. Tucker. Yeah, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. Those characters are with each Very other. Very different level of humor. Yes, but those characters are with <laughs> each other every single freaking moment. And for the first time, quite honestly, really, I feel like we've seen a girl and a guy like that. And so, I don't know. I was okay with it. But I, I get what you're saying. I did not like her, though shooting the arrow and saving the day i was like oh that's too cheesy for me that's too much for me that's too much man like you know how you said oh earlier you rated your time out the rating of like oh me giving it a 10 versus 9.5 i was a 9.5 but a nine you know uh if you take away me being so excited about being an asian superhero film so i was 9.5 to 9 not 10 to 9.5 that's fair that's fair that's well and and i will say i thought black panther is a more cohesive movie that this was a little all over the place. Also, um, I will say Black Panther, to its credit, uh, they kind of had to create a whole new culture and world building that this movie does, you know, have a lot of derivative stuff to work with. Yeah. Um, whereas, I mean, we saw an entire culture, like an Afrofuture culture built for Wakanda, which was was fascinating. Again, something we had really never seen depicted on film so yeah and i don't mean to just uh constantly compare them because you know if you compare it to captain marvel it's different but (laughs) i just get the sense uh jude law's character no that's not an apples to apples comparison i think the comparison is rachel mcadam rachel mcadam and natalie portman it's those two have significant roles in their particular movies 
and play major roles in the development of their character. But when it's the battle scene of the hero versus the villain, the, <laughs> Lois Lane is not right there. And it's my biggest criticism of Man of Steel. She finds out who the guy is. And then literally in 10 minutes, she's on an alien spaceship. And you're like, what? When does he save a cat out of a tree? I mean, the, the only thing, hey, you know what? Seth, you you know I'm gonna was what I'm gonna say right now probably comics, but now it's yeah, movie, it, it, movie, it's, it's movies. Right. It's movies. <laughs> like, it's movies. Thanos no, had a helicopter. Thanos had a helicopter. Okay, right. And was, I, I, and I was arrested by police in handcuffs. I understand. I understand. <laughs> um, the dragon is that Fing Fang Foo? No, really. The reason then the only reason I know is because after the movie. I was like, was that Fin Fang Foom? Fin Fang Foom? And uh, actually, Simu Liu outright said it was not. And they wanted to oh. avoid. They wanted to avoid. I know. I was really excited. Trust me. Because, but um, I, they wanted I, to... my criticism was going to be, why didn't they just call him that? Like, yeah, yeah. They... Give me one of the people from Talo going, he's risen. <laughs> that's Fin Fang Foom. And I would have been like, holy but Jesus, that's awesome. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's not. Uh, they, they actually said they were. To your point of like, oh, why were they trying to get rid of the Mandarin? They were trying to really make an effort to avoid anything that might be seen as kind of like a Asian cliche or, you know, they were trying to be really be progressive in how they presented this story because, you know, like um, they, they didn't want people to be coming out of theater like, I don't know, maybe maybe sometimes you overthink this stuff, but they probably they don't want people like coming out of the movie making like fing fang fung noises, like thinking like, you know, I whatever but it's not it but they were really doing everything from directly from simu Liu's uh words and quotes to kind of avoid anything that might could be twisted into like a, a stereo stereotype or something like that no i, I it's it's fair like i said I, I i saw it and i went wow because you know one I wanted of the it to we, be. did, we did an episode a couple of weeks ago on the many saints of newark trailer the connections to the Marvel universe because of the, the, the Sopranos trailer, the teaser trailer for the, the Sopranos trailer to me is a complete red herring. I don't think that movie is a lot about young Tony Soprano. I think what you did because it's a trailer is you put young Tony Soprano front and center because you want to hook people. You want to make it where you get people paying attention. Absolutely. I think in this situation, I thought the abomination was literally that red herring. Like it was just a, Hey, remember that guy? We still have him. Like we, we still do him. And Wong, even, even though he plays a role, you could have advanced that story in a bunch of different ways. The fact that he's there in the fight and he's part of the whole thing. And these references to the early movies, they're literally just like, little token Easter eggs. <laughs> well, and it's, it's not really a criticism. It's more of a, when the trailer happened, you thought Abomination was going to be a major part of that movie. I mean, I didn't know, honestly, I didn't know how big of a part he was going to be because it seemed like it was limited within that, that scene from ultra, like every trailer we saw, we basically saw like three frames of the same thing. So I didn't know how big of a party is, but to your point of them, like kind of dropping these little, like, little sprinkle here a little sprinkle there we're, we're gonna we're gonna see how this pays off because abomination is going to appear in the she-hulk series um and mm. we're gonna find out clearly right. whatever he's doing with wong they're gonna at least semi-explain that and it's a good way to 
introduce or get people hype. I mean, quite honestly, smart. seeing people really ask smart. questions about like, why does Abomination look different now? He looks more like the comic. What happened? Did he evolve? Where has he been? Yep. That even just having that dialogue. Even Bruce Banner looks different. Yes. He used to look like Ed Norton and yeah. now he looks like Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about Professor Hulk, Bruce Banner, oh, yeah, yeah, Mark Ruffalo, Bruce Banner. <laughs> that's that funny part. too. But you know, <laughs> for them to pull a character like that and all of a sudden have a like all these articles and discourse and buzz around that, I mean, in a way, that that in itself is already a win um, to get people excited about a character that, quite honestly, no one has talked about for. Geez, when was Hulk? Was was that? That's that was ten years ago, right? That was ten years ago, right? Yeah. Right. So, um, the Edward Norton, uh, Incredible Hulk. So. Uh, I wasn't let down by that, quite honestly, but I, I, I think I had skewed pretty positively on the movie, but um, I love honestly hearing your takes because again, I'm sure you're going to see it a second time and maybe, and I'm not trying to influence how you feel. Yes. The second but- time will be on Disney plus. <laughs> <laughs> 45 days, unless they, since they haven't officially said it, it may not be. Sorry. <laughs> I, I am so worried about movie theaters. I cannot even tell you I, I, there is nothing hooking me into these movie theaters broadway will come back sporting events are coming back movie theaters are not going to come it's back. our our brains have changed you, you know to your point i know my brain has changed i mean people that have stayed home and have been fortunate enough to work they've actually invested more in like a home theater system even more we can watch in our pajamas we can eat whatever we want we can talk when we want uh it's yep. pause it pause and the, it and the quality of screens we have now for affordable price and when i say affordable like you can literally get like a no, 70 TVs are not around super like, expensive yeah correct. they're like around a thousand dollars now quite honestly yeah. um to get a good more than more than satisfactory picture so do you review tech do you yeah, know anything t- about tech <laughs> <laughs> yeah I might, I might dibble and dabble that yeah for people that, <laughs> people that aren't familiar i mean really i, I do a lot of tech yeah. review product stuff but yeah i also cover geek culture and stuff like that but you know i'm yeah text text yeah. where it's at but yeah i think you're 100 right and i'm a little worried about what's going to happen at the movie theater but you can tell this is such an important piece of the puzzle to marvel that even if the numbers are low uh or dis- quote unquote disappoint because of the pandemic situation this character's they're going to still push this character hard once things get back to normal as well right but the problem's going to be it's not just going to be um it's not just going to be pandemic based. It'll they'll say it's Asian based. Like that. Well, some some people circle. will. Some people will. Some people. Will. Some people will. Right, and that's fine. But I think that we'll we'll see what it's the a, numbers. It's right? a bankable character, and I'm curious to see him interact with all the others. Well, uh, one you of, know, yeah, one of the things that I that stuck out to me is that just get his best friend Kimchi in there. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm crossing swords again. So, um, but with, 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 with <laughs> Simu, convenience reference. Yeah. 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 With the, but with Simu Liu, like his, his acting is pretty, he's the straight guy in this movie. Quite honestly, he is the straight yeah. man actor. And the reason why I think also is that once he finally gets his rings at the end, I think as, much like uh, Chris Evans and quite honestly, Chris Hemsworth, they were growing into their roles. I, I absolutely see Simu Liu. Once he gets powered up, he's going to be a different character as his journey evolves because he's going to be more confident. He might get more cocky. Some other yeah, stuff. Maybe might Tom Holland will grow up too. <laughs> yeah, man, oh, I can't shucks. wait. Could you change, could you change history and make everybody forget, please do it. Did they properly portray uh, Sanchi's father as this big bad? Like you really never see him committing atrocities. You don't know he's bad other than they tell you he's bad. 
And to be honest with you, Ben Kingsley was more menacing. Mm -hmm. It's just he you could find him likable because he's so you know heartbroken over the loss of his wife. And maybe it's misguided, but he doesn't seem like this ultimate bad guy. And if he is the Mandarin, the real Mandarin, whether you call him that or not, he doesn't you don't really know he's such a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, I think that, and I think that's a great point. I didn't, I didn't honestly think of that. I was more, quite honestly, captivated with just the nuance of his acting. You just know he's kind of bad and nefarious, but we don't know to what extent. We know right. that they're like, they're like, you shamed him, you got her killed, and I'm like, why? Like, yeah. what was what so did you bad? Do? What did you do? Right. right. We, you know, we see him early on as the warrior king, uh, desecrate, you know, like a. A building and basically take over it and kill people in the way so he was you know maybe they're trying to show parallels to he had a genghis khan type uh you know edge to him and thinking of ruling and domination but as a an older more mature businessman we don't really see that so you're right we don't know how bad he how bad he was you know i ranked him as one of the best bad guys but from a power level and from a how far we've seen him go do we even, oh, he did kill those, he did kill those guys, the 10 rings in the bar uh, that did kill his wife, but that was a revenge thing right. that wasn't, yeah. we didn't see him basically come up with any kind of plot that was just him being a right. dick and just killing people right. for he his own He sits purpose. at that, t- that table and like says all these bad things that he did and how the Americans, you know, mm-hmm. he basically tells the story of Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 3. Um, but to be honest with you, it just... He just, it's all perceived as he's bad. You know, and Simu Lu says how bad he is. I'm, I'm not my father. And I'm like, yeah, is, is your father such a bad dude? Like, he doesn't seem like such a, such a, you know, he's not the kingpin. You know what I mean? He's yeah. not, he, he's not this real bad guy. And again, I just don't think you could have done a little bit more of his backstory and little less Aquafina. Like, if you have, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to sound really bad, but no, I get what you you're have saying. too much of one thing. Yeah. Take that out. Yeah. You know, it's like my, uh, my end game argument. There's a, a, there's, this is a known fact. This has been reported that end game was filmed before captain Marvel was filmed. And when end game was filmed, uh, Samuel Jackson had not signed on to do captain Marvel. So in the Tony Stark funeral scene, there is no moment where Captain Marvel reunites with Nick Fury, even though in the movie that continuity says came before it, Mm. they were they were partners. You know, Mm. they were friends. Mm. And what I said is you have a three hour and one minute movie, two minutes of them in the woods saying, (laughs) you look great. You look the same as I saw you all those years ago, like. Do one little like one. <laughs> how much? How much money does that cost? And on top of that, it's hilarious. How much money does it cost? Considering how much money they spent and then ultimately made, you could have that two second scene. And <laughs> oh, you're cracking it, me up. So, so what I'm saying is, you can flush out the father a little more and give me a little less of them on the bus you know like uh, just man i love i love that bus scene though for the record i I do too i I, I, i'm not using the right reference but (laughs) i know what you're saying let how about how about take take out the scene take out the scene where aquafina shoots the arrow at the dragon use that use that 30 second slow-mo shot and uh, allocate some time (laughs) to wen wu you know you know the thing is also 
part of it is when I think about it, and it's only because you're making me think about it, he kind of already established his power. So it's almost like the 10 rings was no one was going to mess with him anymore. You know, that if yeah, we, yeah. whenever he used it, it was so damn powerful, whether it was in the early times, right. whether it's in the modern times, no one was going to contest him anymore. So I think he had basically acquired all the power and resources that he ever desired. And now he was more driven by love, by finding his wife, where he wasn't even before. And he, you know, he took revenge after his wife died. He was still doing power moves. He had his son uh, try and, you know, kill the man who was responsible for his wife's right. death. So he doesn't really need to do anything now at this point. So that's maybe right. part of it. You know, when right. I think about, when I think about it, when I think about it. That's fair. It's fair. Um, all in all, I thought it was great. I thought there was a lot of questions that came from it, but I thought it's the mark of a good Marvel movie that there's questions from it, not a, a gushing. Like one of the things I hated on the last year and a half of this podcast is our reviews, the two reviews of the seasons of the boys. Cause they're just freaking perfect. Like they're just, there's, there's nothing to discuss. Like they're just effing great. Whereas I like to me, you know, we did the Suicide Squad and I thought the Suicide Squad Iron Man 3 because you took Starro, one of the greatest comic book villains of all time. Thank you. Thank you. For the man who has everything, which is a that make that movie. And you made him the, the, the marshmallow guy from Ghostbusters. Like you just made him this big giant fish. And it, it was like it's insulting to a comic book fan. The Shang-Chi questions are not insulting. They're nitpicky, but and they make for a fun podcast. But what they don't do is say this is a god awful movie. This was this was a solid entry in the phase four. And it gives you hope that a character who I had no interest in going in captivated me enough. Mm, that's good. OK, so, Seth, let me ask you this, if I can, just so we can pull. You know, you've asked me a bunch of questions. So we can just play around here. Um, it's my show. Yeah, it is your show. So you can tell me <laughs> to shut up whenever you want. OK. Uh, <laughs> Where would you, okay, so for me, I don't rank this movie as a top five MCU film, but I do rank it as a top 10. I'm curious, where do you think you rank this movie? Yeah, I, I think that it's an origin story, and I think part of it, it it's its burden. Uh, I'm very anxious to see where the character goes in a movie where you know who he is already. Because he's so unknown, you had to establish all these things with him, um, and I think you're burdened by some of that. Um, I think it, it, it's on the level with first Avenger. It's on the level with the first Thor, mm. the first Iron Man, which is great. You know, what I'm saying is it's, it's a, it's a great first entry. Um, I think what you do with the character will define how wonderful he is. You know, a lot of people remember we, we, when Chadwick Boseman passed away, if you want to see two of the single greatest black Panther moments, they're not in the Black Panther movie. Mm. It's when the father is killed in Civil War and the scene where he comes back after the, 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 they're all brought back and he like kind of winks at Steve Rogers to give him the, the push to do it. And I said, that's perfect acting. You know what I'm saying? So like mm -hmm. the Black Panther movie is great, but the, if you're saying what's the, the sum of the whole, you know, in this, I think it's a big open-ended, let's see. It's a good origin story, but it's an origin story. Mm -hmm. So you did like it, though? Oh, I liked it. Oh, I liked it a lot. I, yeah. I don't know if I didn't say that enough. I liked it, and I'm very interested to see what the reaction is. Yeah, that, and, like I'm, I'm with said, you there. 
I'm very interested to see what Asian friends of mine will think of it. I'm interested to see what non-Asian people will mm-hmm. think of it. I'm very interested to see what the box office is. I just, I want Marvel to get behind this. I, I want Marvel to, to stick their chest out and say, you know what? We kicked ass with this. We're going to make more of these. And this is going to be a big thing because, you know, they have a plan. They always have. I a think plan. their plan got derailed by COVID. Yeah, because yeah. that, that's the other thing. This was probably supposed to come out before Loki. Oh, it was supposed. It definitely was supposed to. Yeah, it was definitely was supposed to. Yeah, because if you think about that, just, just like Black idea, Widow was supposed to like a year ago. <laughs> well, well, right. But the the, the argument is if, if for continuity purposes, mm. like is this, you know, Loki to me is a reaction to Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so where does this fit into that? So this takes place before that. You know, it's the same thing. Like, I think they tagged the Black Widow movie with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. But if you, if no COVID, you see Julia Louis-Dreyfus there. And so when she appears in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Correct. you're like, oh, she's back. Yeah. 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 And that, okay, we'll close with this. The post credit scene Whew. where the sister emerges as she's got the throne. Yeah. You know how at the end of Falcon Winter Soldier where she's like, and I'm, the, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in charge. I'm the big bad. Mm-hmm. So like she's in there. That's her like Boba Fett moment. <laughs> and then at the end of it, like I am the bad person. Now you didn't know what my predecessor did, but I'm just as bad. I don't know. You know what, though? That was interesting. A lot of people got that. I don't know if she's really that bad. She might be running some sort of a organization. Not that she's doing anything humanitarian for the record, but I don't know how bad her her is it more of a defensive operation to keep what they have. Are they going to try and conquer or topple governments and civilizations? I don't think so. So Maybe. are they there to exist and just kind of carry on with what they've been doing? Maybe as well. I, you know, his his sister unless something happens that breaks her, I don't quite honestly, uh, Xiao Ling, his sister was one of the most intriguing characters in the movie that I want to see more of. Um, but, mm. but, you know, and so they've set her up to maybe have a Disney plus series. <laughs> Everything can go Disney plus these days, Who knows? man. Who knows? It's all going to Disney plus. All right. Uh, how can people find you online? Oh man. Thanks so much for having me again, Seth. Uh, episodes. Oh, you're 250. coming back, dude. This is oh, going to be fun. I'm loving it. So uh, for people that want to check out my stuff, you can, my YouTube channel is just YouTube. Uh, Brian Tong, B-R-I-A-N-T-O-N-G. You can find me on Twitter, Brian Tong. Um, and you can just check out stuff you like, tech, geek culture, pop culture stuff. That's kind of a mix of what I do. But, you know, you like Apple, Samsung, tablets, gadgets. I mean, Seth's been following my stuff for a while now, from what I can tell, from, you know, when we've yes. talked. And uh, just amazing to be here. And it was, this is a really fun conversation. I, I really appreciate you asking questions that I think most shows would never ask me, quite oh, honestly. Good. Good. And and go, go in that area, just oh man i loved it oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled and uh i will say if there's anybody that has an issue with anything that you heard on this podcast <laughs> do me a favor reach out to brian directly and leave me the hell out uh, <laughs> bring it on bring it on baby it, it never fails uh thanks for listening to the hall of justice we will see you next week with uh, more surprises in episode 251 we'll see ya hey,